0: may be seated. I snuck a homily in, which I don't think is standard operation, but ah, oh, the, the message is too good to, to not proclaim. For just a couple of minutes here this morning, I want us to reflect on uh, the words that the angel announced to the shepherd in Luke chapter 2, verse 11. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. And we sang earlier that Christ was born to save. And just very simply this morning, I want us to reflect together in in the midst of all the hustle and bustle of the Christmas activities, the parties, the, the gift buying, wrapping up things at the end of the year. I want us to remember what it's all about. For unto you, Church of the Resurrection, this day is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So I just want to take a few minutes to reflect on the role of Jesus as our Savior. He was born to save us from something. And He was born to save us for something. He came to save us from sin. And that's at the heart of His mission. That's what the angel told Joseph. And I don't think we read this passage from Matthew chapter 1. But you remember that the angel of the Lord came to Joseph in a dream, and he said that he did not want Joseph to be afraid. He said, Mary will conceive a child from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. That's Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. The name of Jesus is the Greek version of the Hebrew name Yahshua. Joshua, which means the Lord saves. And here the angel is saying very specifically that Jesus came to save people from sin. Hebrew names in the Bible are very significant. The names in the Bible throughout are very significant. They unfold the identity of a person. Uh, I was talking to a pastor earlier uh, this, this week who had conducted a wedding recently. And this pastor, because the Bible makes such a big deal about the significance of names, when this pastor conducts a wedding, he likes to, to add this kind of personal touch. He likes to talk about the significance of the names of the people he's marrying. And so uh, this week, he, he or a couple weeks ago, he married somebody whose name was Christopher. The groom's name was Christopher. And he looked that name up, and that's a great name because Christopher means bearer of Christ. And so he's going to bring that significance out. And then he looked into the bride's name. The bride's name, and I'm not going to tell you this because I don't want to embarrass anybody. Maybe you know somebody with this name. The bride's name means unfortunate one or bearer of bad luck. And so he decided he was not going to go with that in the wedding ceremony to unfold the significance of their name. Can you believe that? Jesus is Yahshua. Jesus is a Savior, and He's called that because He's going to save people from their sins. And of course, the Jews were looking for a Savior. They were looking to be saved from Roman oppression. Rome had The, 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 the mighty emperor of Rome had its thumb on the people of, of Judea, the Jewish people. They were taxed heavily. Their life was controlled in many respects. And so they wanted, and we should appreciate this as Americans, they wanted political freedom. They wanted political salvation. But God knew that their greatest need was to be saved from sin. And that's our greatest need too. I like this this real simple definition of sin that I came across recently. Simple definition. Sin is saying no to God. Sin is saying no to God. We might be good people, we might be nice people, but all of us, At different points in our life, and even today, there are places in our life where we may be saying, No, God, I don't want you to be the ruler over my life. I want to be my own ruler. And we set ourselves up as God, and that puts us at odds with God, and that puts us at odds with others. See, the problem is if I think I'm God and you think you're God, what happens when we get together? (laughs) There's going to be a clash, there's going to be a collision. It's like a room full of unsupervised toddlers. They all want to be in charge. They all want that toy. And what results is conflict and division and destruction. And this is at the root of our problems. Because we've said no to God, our relationship with God has been broken, our relationship with others, with the world that God created. But God, out of his love, sent a solution. The babe born in Bethlehem to save us from our sins. Did you see this commentary by uh, Benjamin Watson, the tight end of the New Orleans Saints? Did you see that commentary on Ferguson? It went viral. And uh, this was probably one of the most insightful things written about Ferguson by this NFL football player. And this guy, I think, has got a career way beyond football. Very insightful. Very balanced. But he said this in his commentary. I encourage you to look this up. Just Google it. Benjamin Watson, Ferguson. And you'll find it. He said this in his commentary, Ultimately, the problem of racism is not a skin problem, it's a sin problem. Isn't that good? Sin is the reason we rebel against authority. Sin is the reason we abuse our authority. Sin is the reason we are racist, prejudiced, and lie to cover up for our own. Sin is the reason we riot, loot, and burn. But then Watson goes on and he says, In the face of this reality of our own sin, I'm encouraged, he said, because God has provided a solution through Jesus Christ, his son, and with it a transformed heart and mind. Sin is the problem, but God sent a solution. Jesus Christ saves us from our sin. We've said no to God. We have sinned against God. But Jesus Christ grew up and he always said yes to God. He always obeyed the will of God. He lived a perfect life in our place. And He offered that life up as a sacrifice for our sin. He paid the penalty that we deserve. And because of Him, when we put our faith in His life and His death and His resurrection, we know that we're forgiven by God. We're no longer guilty before the judgment of God. So I just want to remind you of the simple truth today. To celebrate this fact that through Jesus Christ, We are made clean from the guilt and stain of our sin. And this is good news of great joy for you and for me. Christ was born to save. Then I want to talk about the positive dimension of Jesus' saving work. He came to save us from something, but He came to save us for something as well. He came to save us for a new life, life in the kingdom of God. When Jesus started his ministry, when he started preaching, it says that he he said, I have come to preach the kingdom of God, the good news of the kingdom of God. That was his theme, that God had broken into history in time and space through his ministry. Forgiveness of sin is the threshold. That's the entryway into the kingdom of God. And once we're in there, we see that there's a whole new world Life under the reign and power of God. A life lived according to the values of God. What does the kingdom of God, what does life in the kingdom look like? Well, we just look at Jesus' ministry and think about different scenes in the gospel of Jesus' ministry and we have these snapshots of life in the kingdom. Uh, See him reaching his hand out to touch a man that's filled with leprosy, whose skin is is blotched and red, who's been shunned by his community, and see Jesus reaching out to this man and touching him, and his skin becomes white as snow. That's a picture of the kingdom of God. It's the touch of God's love that confers dignity and healing. Or or think about the scene where Jesus takes a few loaves of bread and pieces of fish, and he feeds 5,000 hungry people. That's a picture of the kingdom of God. God's miracle working power. Joined with compassion for the needy. Or think of the scene of Jesus at the tomb of his friend, Lazarus. Lazarus has died and and Lazarus' sister Martha is there and she's she's really crumbled in a heap of grief at Jesus' feet. And Jesus says to her, Whoever believes in me, though he dies, he will live. And if you believe in me, you will never die. Do you believe this? And then Jesus commands Lazarus to come out of the tomb. And Lazarus, extraordinary miracle, staggers out of the tomb, wrapped in these grave clothes, in these linen cloths. That's a picture of life in the kingdom. It is death-defying hope. Grave-robbing hope. What are you fearing in your life, brothers and sisters, today? That looks hopeless? What situation in your life are you facing that looks hopeless? What's the tomb that you're standing at? I wrote this line because I needed to hear it this week. Don't let the cynicism, the doubt, and the cares of this world squeeze out the good news of great joy in your life today. Christ the Savior is born. He saved us for life in His kingdom. He saved us from, him, from, from sin. And we need to remember this truth that Jesus is our Savior because if we don't remember that Jesus is the one we should be looking to for salvation, we're going to look elsewhere. We're very good at, at constructing ways of saving ourselves. And our culture has all these solutions of self-salvation. Think about our culture. Think about our immediate culture. Think about St. Louis. Think about West County, St. Louis, and what our culture says you need to have to be secure, to be happy. Money, status, health. If you have these things, you're significant, you're secure, your life is meaningful, but none of those ways of self-salvation last. They're all okay in and of themselves. Money, health, status, significance, all that's fine, it can be used for God's glory, but they can't be ends in and of themselves, or they become idols in forms of self-salvation. Only God saves. And God has made a way through His Son, Jesus Christ. For unto you, Church of the Resurrection, is born this day in the city of David a Savior, and He's Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. Remember that. Believe that. Amen.